Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, the birthday boy, Matt Story. And, and Matt, we have found the quarterback controversy. It, it just took us a little longer. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it, I, you know, sounds like the, the job is considered open, I guess, now. Um, you can't lose so, your job due to yeah. injury. Support that, Sean Iguano. Uh, right, so, right. You know. We let Emory Jones come back. He's the starting quarterback. And the offense scores twice in the first half and does nothing in the second. Yeah, and, yeah. Which I got to – so uh, before we go too far, I got to give you credit. You were you were very close on the score prediction. All I over I don't remember. the low score. What was it? What did you say? So I had it as 17-14 and it was 17-14. Okay. I knew you didn't pick 15 because 15 is too bizarre a number for either of us to probably have picked. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, you had it as Stanford winning a low-scoring uh, slugfest-type game. And so credit to you. You were all over that. Yeah, it's uh, – look, it's nice to be right. Um, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> well I wish done. we would have well won. Because I, I, uh, I had it being a high-scoring <laughs> ASU win, and I was wrong on both accounts. Well, you know, look, we are at best amateurs at this whole pick'em thing. True, true. But uh, – uh, you know, I'd seen Stanford, you know, most of the first part of the year, they, you know, had been pretty bad defensively. And I thought, well, OK, you know, our offense looked good against Washington, uh, admittedly a bad defense as well. And I thought, you know, we should be able to, you know, move the ball and get some points. And, you know, first half kind of did. I mean, 14 points and a half is nothing special. But, you know, seemed like we were doing what we wanted on offense. And, and then, yeah, second half, just nothing. And, uh, you know, defense couldn't quite get the stops necessary but you know as i texted you on sunday morning you hold the opponent out of a you know without a touchdown you can't blame the defense for the loss obviously yeah i mean the defense held them to 15 points yeah and and we have a good kicker you would have thought 17 points is if if you would have told me we're gonna score 14 in the first half and stanford's gonna only make field goals all game yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, without anything, if you told me, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna prevent that team from scoring a touchdown," not that they're a great offense, but they got a you know they got a quarterback who's an NFL prospect and and uh, you know some good receivers. Like you know, yeah, if you told me, "Hey, this this defense that was shredded by Washington, shredded by USC, shredded by Utah," uh, you know, that they'd hold them without a touchdown, I'd say we're gonna win that game. Uh, should should win that game, but. Was not the case, I guess. So, yeah, tough loss. I mean, look, the the season doesn't have a lot on the line. Um, You know, I think the only thing we were playing for was maybe a chance to go to a bowl, and that probably is out now. I I think that's fair to say. Yeah, it certainly Not officially, but it's an uphill battle from here. (laughs) Yeah, well, look, we've got a pair of wins, and we play four more games. Five more games. Five. So we got to go four so, and one. Yeah. So we got to win four out of five. Uh, this week, the Colorado game shouldn't be the one we lose with UCLA looming on the schedule. No, no, no. I mean, if there's any hope, you got to beat Colorado. You know, I mean, that like you got to have that. And then you, you know, yeah, can you, can you somehow either pull an upset at home against UCLA? I doubt it. But, you know, we, we did pull an upset against Washington. So I suppose there's that chance of a home game. Or can you, you know, run the table and win the last three 
at Washington State, home to Oregon State, at Arizona. I mean, the odds of either one of those things, I, I don't think, are great. Yeah. They're not great. Let's say that. It's, there's no I don't think about it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, not given the relative strengths and weaknesses of this team. We seem unlikely to be favored broadly across the next five games. Yeah, yeah. Are we favored this week? I haven't seen. I would uh, think we are, just because Colorado's so bad. I believe we are. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Odds, ASU is favored by nearly two touchdowns. That seems... Wow. My gosh, I wouldn't take that. Yeah. If you if you're looking for an opportunity to bet the buffs this year... Yeah, I mean, I know Colorado's really bad. But um, we, we and, have a quarterback you know, controversy on a team that only has two wins. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and it is a home game. And they, I mean, they did win a couple weeks ago. They beat Cal, you know, first game with the interim coach. They won. Now they got blown out last week by Oregon State, who's not a great team. They're, they're decent, but nothing, you know, nothing special necessarily. Um, so, I mean, they're bad, but boy, I don't. I don't know that I would take ASU and 14 points against a, a, a single FBS team. I mean, we played Eastern Michigan at home and got beat. So, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not sure you could find me an FBS team. I would take ASU minus 14 on the road. Yeah. Uh, Maybe even neutral site. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll go ahead and say that I was going to pick us to win, but in a much closer affair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we win. Um, I think we have a new quarterback. So we we discussed the, you know, quarterback battle. To me, that is the first, you know, uh, remember 40-year-old virgin about, you know, this is the first of three conversations. Yeah. This is the first of three conversations that end with Trenton Borgay being named the starter, I would think. Yeah, I also think it's the first of three conversations that ends with Emory Jones playing quarterback somewhere else next year, too. It, it possibly, or just being done with football. Well, I think those uh, are I mean, the two options. He, I'll, 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 let me rephrase. Yeah. I don't think Emory yeah. Jones is the quarterback for the Sun Devils next season. I don't think so either. And I don't I don't know that there was a scenario. Well, there's a scenario. I don't think that was going to happen anyway. Like, I mean, I feel like that was a, you know, he could play one year. Yes, I mean, you know, he's got one more year of eligibility. I think he's a graduate, so he could transfer and play right away um, somewhere else. But if he plays right away somewhere else, he's, you know, I mean, is he, is he an FCS guy yeah. or, a, or at least a, you know, Sunbelt, uh, American, you know, Mountain West type edition, probably. Will, uh, I don't, will he just, and now let me ask you on the flip side, will he just go pro and then that's it? Like, see what, you know, like you enter in and, and maybe even, I mean, does he consider, you know, do you try another position? Yeah, do you, do you try to play, you know, wide receiver, um, play in defense, the XFL, something like that. Yeah, XFL, USFL. I mean, there's, there's these, you know, USFL. I guess is coming back for year two. Um, XFL is starting, so yeah. I mean, you know, or maybe he just decides, like, hey, you know, football's been a fun ride, but I'm I'm ready to, you know, get off the roller coaster and you know use my degree to do whatever. I don't know what he got his degree in or what he wants to do, but. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it feels that way. I mean, it, it kind of, like, I don't want to be down on the kid. I think he, you know, he did the best he could here. Um, he doesn't have much to work with here. Yeah. He was he came in late. Um, he came in to play for Herm Edwards, who, you know, quit on him and the rest of the team after three weeks. Um, 
and, you know, so I, I feel bad for him in a way, but it's the recipes there. Like Aguano didn't bring him in. Um, you know, can Aguano continue to sort of build that like underdog Cinderella mentality with a walk on quarterback made good? Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying that's why he's making the decision, but you know, it, it sort of plays into the to the narrative. Too. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the other thing is, it sets us up to draft Victor Wembiana next year. So. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. You know, I I remember saying that in the off season when we talked about this season and saying like, you know, the problem in college football is like being really bad is not. It's not like a pro sport where you know you're like, well, you know, hey, I'd rather be you know one and eleven than five and seven. No, in college football, you wouldn't. Like, you want to win as many games as you can because, yeah, being being two and ten or three and nine doesn't doesn't get you the first pick in the draft. Yeah. In fact, it's usually the opposite. The better you are, the the better recruits you get, and you know you end up kind of stuck in a in a bad cycle if you're really bad. Yeah, it's uh, look, it it's rough right now for ASU, and and recruiting has. You know, for a, a week or so ago when we talked and I was praising the, you know, offers to guys two, three, sure. four years away from college and like make some noise, do some things. Right. I I should have said then, and I will say now, traditionally that's paired with also recruiting guys for the next academic year. Um, <laughs> right, right. Doesn't appear that they, I mean, but it's, but it's tough. The guy's... I mean, the guy is truly, he's operating with, you know, when it, when it comes to that, he's operating with both hands tied behind his back. Yeah. Like, you know, it's hard for him to pitch the, you know, hey, uh, you know, great things coming when he may not even be here. So, yeah, I mean, look, whoever the coach is, whether it's Sean Aguano or, or someone else from the outside, is going to have to hit the transfer market strong. I mean, you have no choice. High school market's going to be tough, whoever comes in. But, you know, there's always plenty of current players. I said this to you a couple weeks ago. Whoever the new coach is should should have the mindset that every single player in the country is a potential ASU recruit. Mm-hmm. And go go get it. You know, if you're in that transfer portal, uh, you know, go go talk to them and get a bunch of them because that's the only way to compete, I think. Yeah, I Next agree. Year. Yeah, look, and, and this is, you know, we've talked about this at length. This won't be the last time either but this is why not making the the transition away from herm last season is so bad yeah because now this year's a lost year and next year's probably a lost year too i mean it's it's tough yeah you you know if you don't i mean you know the and i don't know how realistic this is but the you know Deion sanders if you said you know okay he's gonna bring a bunch of his guys from jackson state he's gonna you know, something like that. Well, okay. You know, maybe it, maybe it doesn't have to be, but, but if it's, if it's Sean Aguano, yeah, next year's a lost year. I mean, it just, it, you're, you're not building for next year. If you hire Sean Aguano, you're hoping that, uh, you know, he can get something going in Arizona and build the high school, you know, base and all that, but he's not going to be the guy I don't believe that goes and, you know, is a magnet for all the transfers. Mm-hmm. I I agree. I you know this is one of those things like it's not going to be Urban Meyer. That's no. ins- that's an no. insane suggestion. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. It's it, you know I think you're looking at the coordinators 
maybe Matt Rule, if he wants to do something like this, maybe you you try to get the maybe you try to get guys who are like failing at places or have failed at places like Matt Rule, Joe Joe Brady, uh, yeah. And, and, yeah, and see if you know they can find the magic out west. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Matt Rule's an interesting one. I I don't know what to make of his likelihood or not here because you know we we texted about it. Like, yeah, you could probably get him without having to break the bank for his own sake because yeah. the Panthers owe him a ton of money. Um, but if he's in high demand and I, I think he's going to be, I mean, I guess you never know, but with, with Wisconsin open, with Nebraska open, with potentially Auburn open, Georgia tech, Colorado, you know, like we're not the only school that's going to have an opening. And some of those that I mentioned, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Auburn, certainly are higher profile places for a guy like him. Yeah. I, the thing with Wisconsin to me is if it's not Jim Leonard, like right which i think they want it to be i mean you may know better from you know from the vibe but i mean it it feels like the vibe is that they they want him to get the job but until he has it i suppose you never know right i i think that it you know he's the local kid made good much like paul christ um (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah you know i and i just i suppose they're Hoping it works. Yeah, um, I I feel like if they finish on a strong note, and they've let their two and one since promoting mm-hmm. him, they lost an OT to Michigan State. Yeah, um, you know if they what are they? They got four losses right now, three three conference losses. So I mean, if they would finish eight and four or seven and five, even that's probably enough to say you know okay, this guy looks like the right guy. But who knows? I mean, I I don't know that that AD certainly made a surprise decision to fire Paul Christ. Yeah. So maybe he's got ideas that don't, you know, like the, the expectation would not have been Paul Christ gets fired mid season or even at all. This now, year. So now let me ask you a different question. Is Paul Christ on your radar? No. Okay. No. I mean, he's a, he's a solid coach. And if I'm a Mac program that needs a coach, hundred percent, he is. Because he's kind of got that Midwestern vibe, um, you know, and he, yeah, solid coach. But you got to, like, one thing you need to accomplish with this hire is not only hire a good coach, but you need to hire someone who will ignite the fan base, who will bring entertainment. That isn't Paul Christ. You need an exciting coach. It's boring. You need an exciting coach. You do. You do. And, and, not even just in the style his teams play, even though that is kind of boring. But like Paul Christ is not going to be a guy who you know fires up the fans at the at the booster gatherings and stuff like that's uh, no. He's he's you know his personality is akin to watching paint dry. That's yeah. not going to get it done at a place like ASU. Yeah. It it might other places again very much like there are there are places that would be a good fit for him. And maybe he finds himself back in the Big Ten in the future, you know, uh, like Brett Bielba. You know, mm-hmm. maybe he's he, uh, not probably this year, but maybe he's a guy that ends up at another Big Ten program or or uh, or a Big Twelve. You know, I don't know about the Big Twelve necessarily because they're you know, but I just don't see him being a a West Coast 
uh, Phoenix market. That that just seems like a terribly bad fit. So It'd be like less miles going to Kansas. So let me add one more destination for him that I think might be interesting. If I'm a school who keeps turning over head coaches and losing stability, and I play adjacent to those states in Colorado, yeah. I might look at yeah. him there too. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that would. I mean, I don't know the Colorado fan base like I know ASU's, obviously. So, I, but that seems to make a little bit more sense on the surface. You know, get yourself just a kind of a solid you know, guy that at the very least, he, you know, he could probably win you seven games, eight games on a regular basis. If you give him a chance, that to me feels like a much better fit. And I'm not winning. I'm not saying winning seven, eight games is like a terrible thing at ASU, but if you're going to win seven or eight games, you've got to do it in entertaining fashion at ASU. Mm -hmm. You you know, you got to have personality. Um, I mean, look at our, you know, look at our recent coaches, like, all of them could sell something, you know, Herm was, Herm was, you know, a salesman when it came to talking, certainly Todd Graham was, um, Erickson wasn't so much, but you could sell the, Oh, he coached national championships. And, you know, uh, remember those Miami teams? Like, yeah, it was 20 years ago, but still you, you tried to sell it. Um, you know, you, you got to have something like that. A guy like Paul Christ is, I think that would be doomed to fail here. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, I, I I still think, you know, what we said the first time we talked after Herm got let go, and you were you were hot, and I think still are, for, you know, the Kenny Dillingham type hire. Yeah. I'm still on board with someone like that. I don't – I haven't narrowed it down to one guy because it doesn't really matter if I narrow it down or not. Like, it's – you know, but yeah. that type – that type, you know, young 30-something offensive coordinator who can say, man, I coach an exciting brand of football. I am going to make ASU the exciting place to be on the West Coast. No, we're not on the West Coast, but people say that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and that's what you need here, I feel like. If anybody's going to succeed, it's going to be someone like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I think... You know, I have not really moved off of that. I raised the other names because, one, I want to talk about it, and two, I think their names Michael Crow is talking about. Because as much as you think Paul Christ is boring and not going to excite people, (laughs) Michael Crow is boring and does not excite people. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I just, um, like I said, I, I think, you know, I've read stuff, there's been a ton of stuff on The Athletic recently about coaching searches and things like that, and uh, you know, like culture matters, especially in, in college, maybe not in pro sports because you can, you know, but, but it matters at a college and like Rich Rodriguez going to Michigan is a perfect example. Like Rich Rodriguez was a very successful coach at West Virginia, did mm-hmm. well. And it just was a really poor fit at Michigan. Just didn't, didn't work. Jim Harbaugh is much more Michigan. That's what those people prefer. It's what they love. Uh, you know, and I just think Paul Christ at Arizona State just feels like a terrible cultural match. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you're probably right. Uh, Not that he's a bad coach. Again, yeah. he's a solid coach, but I just don't think it would work here. Let's, before we get too far afield of the next game, 
Uh, I've got ASU over Colorado in a low-scoring affair, but at altitude, so field goals will be attempted from farther away. I'm going to say 20 to 10 ASU. I think I'm going to go somewhere around there, too. I'll I'll say uh, say 27 to 20. Yeah. I, I mean... I'm tempted to say like 27 to 10, but then I would be, you know, completely going against what I said that I wouldn't take ASU in 14 points. Um, I think we could win, but it's one of those games like, could we win 27 to 10? And I wouldn't be shocked, but I sure wouldn't put any money behind that statement. That's all I'm saying when it comes to the point spread. Yeah. We are, (laughs) we haven't earned confidence in that point spread. Definitely not. No, no. I mean, you know, when you, uh, when you can't score a point in the second half against against a fairly bad defense, uh, that, yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Stanford, who is bad? Right. Right. You know, I mean, it was a, it was disappointing just from the standpoint of like, you know, looked pretty good offensively against Washington. Uh, even when Emory Jones was in, I know, you know, that, you know, like, okay, they only scored three points with Emory Jones. Well, the second, I mean, he was only in for a drive and a half, but the second drive, he got us down into position to score the touchdown that we ended up scoring. Um, so I thought, you know, maybe we found something on, and then USC too, you know, played pretty well offensively against USC with Emory Jones playing the whole game. Yeah. I mean, 14 points is just not going to get it done against pretty much anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why we're going to Bourget. Probably, yeah. I would I expect that. I mean, it's uh you know, if Aguano in- intended to em- have Emory Jones really be the starter again or or really thought I know he says it's an open competition and uh, he might even believe that. But to me, he's already decided and that's why you say it's a competition. Yeah. Unless Bourget comes out in, you know, in practice on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and just is horrible. Uh, you know, I would think he's going to get the the chance at it. And if you want him to succeed, this is probably the right time to make the change. As yeah. the worst opponent remaining on the schedule. Yeah, the one thing you and I have talked about, and I do think it's true, you need to um, if you if you're going to make the switch, you need to let Borgay get reps. You know, yes. you you, you yes. can't do this whole thing. Um, you know you're you're too far gone to fake the Emory Jones injury unfortunately yeah you could have done that after the concussion but yeah they didn't go that route so yeah now it's now it's you're truly benching him yeah um which look I don't love this I don't love what I'm about to say had the roles been reversed and you had been, you know, it was the three-year waiting his turn guy. Yeah. I think you just let the injury linger. But when it's the guy who's the mercenary, who's just here, yeah. he, you just say, okay, all right, you're, you're, probably. you're gone. Probably. That's probably true, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I feel bad for the kid a little bit. I mean, I, you know, it's not the, you know, it's not the most devastating scenario in the world, but you know, like he just kind of had a star cross run at Florida and 
yeah, it just didn't work there. And then he ends up here, but he gets here late. And, he, and we're know, a mess. I, I mean, he just has little to work with. Yeah, like, I mean, the, uh, it, it, I feel bad because he left Florida. Our best receiver went to Florida. Right, you know? right. I, you it, know, I mean, he doesn't have a good receiver group. He doesn't have a good offensive line. Like, he was – it was kind of one of those scenarios that he was doomed to – at very, at the very best, he was going to be mediocre. Yeah, I mean, I said this to you before the season or early in the season. Like, if we had Bryce Young, I'm not sure that we're really all that good because, like, uh, you know, could, could Bryce Young, as good as he is, is he going to make this team that much better when you, you have – what maybe one good receiver in Elijah Badger? I don't know that anybody else qualifies. Uh, you know, a couple good running backs, but a shaky offensive line. You know, like it's just not much to work with. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just there's not a ton of talent. Now, Elijah Badger's been good. That is one you know one bright spot of this year has been that. Finally, one of those, you know, four-star receivers that we got three years ago has looked at, for us, Johnny Wilson has looked at, but it's it's with Florida State, unfortunately. Um, but for us, Badger's been good. Yeah. I, look, I, I think uh, he'll leave, probably. Um, I mean, I, I think it's very possible that <laughs> he could. Yeah, it depends on who the new coach is and. You know, they're going to have to re-recruit him, basically. Yeah, and what kind of NIL money we have available with this new coach. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, who knows. But uh, it's been, you know, I don't know that we've discussed it, but it's been uh, a little bit of a kick to the nuts, uh, you know, seeing Johnny Wilson become the player that he was supposed to be with us, but but doing it for Florida State, because he's been really good this year for them. Oh, yeah, it's been very painful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's been solid. He's looked like the player that we were we were uh, you know build that he was going to be, um, but it just didn't happen here. I don't I don't know. And should we discuss Jaden Daniels at LSU? Do we need to have that talk? Sure. Well, I'll start with this. I'm not rooting for him. I'm not either. I find myself very much not rooting for him. And and maybe this is like you know. Uh, colored by my bias, but like, I don't know. I'm not sold yet. I know they're six and two, um, but I'm still not sold that he's that much better. I mean, he had moments like I read somebody say, Oh, you know, LSU Jane Daniels looks a lot better than ASU Jane Daniels. I'm like, does he, he had games like that at, at, at ASU, but he couldn't do it consistently. Let's show me in two weeks. Let me just say that 12 days from now, they play Alabama. And if he has a game like he had the last couple weeks against Alabama and they beat Alabama, I will have to say I was wrong. But I just don't I just don't believe he will. I I, I don't see him having a game like Hendon Hooker just did. Yeah. That kid, by the way. Really good. Really good. Yeah. Very that. Impressive. So, you know, a real quick aside. Does this Tennessee team sort of feel like LSU in 2019? I'm I'm jumping the gun a little, but man, are they good on offense? Yeah, and, I, and like you know, like they're some of the recipe is like their defense isn't great, but it's good enough, and and that offense is just unstoppable. It feels like they have an off game and they score forty points. Yeah, well, and their receivers are great. You know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, 
you know, like, I mean, some of it is, is not, you know, necessarily rooted in logic, but that LSU team won an epic game over Alabama. That LSU team had a second year transfer quarterback who, you know, took the nation by storm and won the Heisman. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like there's there's some feel that this Tennessee team might be that now, sort of like what I said with Jaden Daniels, but with Tennessee, like let's see in twelve days they go to Georgia, and and before that they play Kentucky, who's a good team, you know, a, a very solid team. That's at Tennessee, but still, like if they win those two, then you really, you know, they're probably the number one team in the country, and it's smooth sailing to the SEC title game. Yeah, but they could also drop those two. And then they just become the, you know, oh, remember when Tennessee was a cool story? And yeah. now they're headed to the Citrus Bowl or something like that. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll find out a lot more about them, I think, both games. Because the Kentucky game has all the makings of, you know, you're looking ahead to Georgia. Yeah. You know, like, oh, just Kentucky coming in here. And, oh, yeah, we got this huge game next week against Georgia for the SEC East. And, like, uh, you, you better pay attention to Kentucky. They're, they're solid. And they play a style that is much different than Tennessee. They love to run the ball and drain the clock and and have long possessions. And, like, if they control the tempo of that game early, it could get dicey. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Jaden Daniels, yeah, just uh, – I can't I can't feel good for the kid. I just can't. And maybe I – maybe that's on me. But I think you're on the same page. Like, I'm no, just not rooting for him to have success this year. No, this is um, look with there. There are gradations of this, and we've talked about it. But Remy Martin to Kansas, I had a hard time. Yeah, with that, and this to me is way worse. It is. It but is. It, I I yeah. didn't have as hard a time with Remy Martin to Kansas because I thought you know, and we I won't relitigate it, but you know. As his last year, he's going, you know, he gave ASU his four years. He got this bonus year. He's going to a program that could win a national championship and did. And I'm like, I, okay, man, I don't, you know. Uh, but, yeah, this is this is three, four times worse to me. Like, well, you know, this is a kid who said he was coming back. Put out a hype video about coming put back. Put out a video, yeah. You know, he and her basically, basically laughing at us that there was even suggestion he was going to leave. I don't know, you know. I don't know where that came from. He's not going anywhere. Well, and, 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 then and did it gone. to the point where we declined to, you know, right. recruit Spencer Rattler. Missed the window to get, uh, you know, maybe we don't have Emory Jones if he leaves right away. Like when the season ended, I, I, I mean, I think you and I texted after the Arizona game last year <laughs> or, or maybe even talked about it on this forum and said that's probably the last game he plays at Sun Devil Stadium. We both thought he was gone. And had he gone right after the Vegas Bowl, I probably wouldn't be as as against him having success because I would have thought, you know what, more power to you, man. Like you got you got another year, go to a go to a better place, a place that you could have more success. Try to get yourself, you know, on on the NFL radar because it's not going to happen here. Okay, but when you say you're coming back, and we missed the window, not just for Spencer Rattler, but for anybody, mm-hmm. you know, and then you go through spring ball with guys who. You know, apparently we're not up to the job, or at least the coaching staff didn't think so. Now you're kind of screwed. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think he left well, us high and, and dry. Well, and it's also the dominoes that fall after him because 
Remember, Ricky Pearsall didn't leave until after spring ball was such a disaster. True, true, true. You know? Yeah. Same with um, uh, Gentry, right? Yeah. The kid went to USC. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I, I feel like, you know, like I said, if he had left, if he had come out, you know, January 2nd or whatever and said, you know, man, you know, it's been, it's been good, but, you know, I have a better opportunity or I'm going to look at a better opportunity. Like, all right, I, I get it. And, and I would have respected it a lot more than, you know, like you said, put out the hype video. Uh, Herm tells us, you know, he was never leaving. And then he leaves and it's like, well, okay, now, and, you know, we could have the conversation. Would we be any better with Spencer Rattler? I would probably say not, but who knows? I, I mean, well, maybe I we would. Rattler's better than Jones, so... Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the difference between being two and five and four and three right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe we beat Eastern Michigan and maybe we beat Stanford, and you're looking at like, okay, well, you're four and three. Now is that you know going to get you to Vegas for the championship game or no? But could it could it get you to a decent bowl game? Yeah, maybe. Maybe you finish seven and five and you feel like all right, we we got something out of what could have been a lost year. Now it doesn't feel that way. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, and again, maybe there was there were other guys. I mean, you know, the Power Five is littered with guys who transferred from one Power Five school to another and are starting at their current school. So, wasn't just Spencer Rattler. I don't know how many of them might have been interested in ASU. I don't know, but we didn't go after any of them. So who knows? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, maybe we could have had Michael Penix, who's the you know nation's leading passer. Maybe we could have had Bo Nix. Uh, you know, maybe we could have had, uh, you know, Jackson Dart. I mean, you know, there's there's a number of guys that, that might have been interested in ASU, but we didn't find out. Yeah. It It's frustrating, right? It is. It is, yeah. So it's just hard to – I mean, and for me, I also have the added element of – I. I can't really get into Brian Kelly right now. Maybe that'll fade as time goes on, but I don't, you know, like between Brian Kelly and Jaden Daniels, I am very much not on the LSU bandwagon this year. Yeah. Yeah. Totally understandable. Maybe it'll pass. I mean, Daniels will only be there for this year. And I guess maybe next theoretically, I suppose he could come back there next year, but I doubt it. Um, Kelly probably will be there for a while. So maybe it'll pass with him. We'll see. Why don't we just make college like the pros, where you can just stay as long as you want? Yeah, I mean, it. You know, it's starting to feel that way. Hey, hold on, man. I gotta, I gotta call you back. All right. Hey, look, Sorry. we'll be right back with more fun and excitement. And we're back. Welcome back to the Ben and Matt Sportscast. Uh, it was instantaneous for you, less instantaneous for us. <laughs> but- A surprise knock at the door that. Could have been ignored, but I wasn't sure. So, I, yeah, so apologies for having to, to go quickly, but we're back. It's about, what, five minutes? Yeah, and look, we stopped recording, so as far as they know, it's instant. Right, exactly, exactly, yes. But uh, anyway, so we were talking about Jaden Daniels and the, uh, you know, Brian Kelly of it all. At yeah, LSU. just the difficulty of, of, you know, rooting for him. I suppose we, you know, we're on the same page there. Um, but you know, I'll just say I will certainly be rooting for Alabama in two weeks. I hope they, you know, take care of business against them, but you know, 
road Alabama just doesn't appear to be all that reliable this year or last year. So I'm a little nervous about it. Yeah, it it's interesting because I, I'm curious with the shakiness that Alabama has shown. Yeah. What will come of it? You know, like yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, it's, are they uh, just going to wind up losing one game in the regular season and and get to the SEC title game just like last year? They could. I mean, they sure could. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, you know, I you also wonder, like, I mean, we're looking ahead a little, or I'm looking ahead a little, but what about next year when Bryce Young's not there anymore to pull their fat out of the fire like he did again that Tennessee game over and over and over again, like you know, like. Uh, It'll be interesting to see because it feels like, you know, he kind of kept them in that game and they're going to lose him and they're going to lose Will Anderson almost certainly to the draft. And like, do they have the the depth behind them? Because it doesn't seem like they do right now. No, I mean, I, you just got to presume that there's three other five star guys. There's an answer. And I mean, there always has been an answer in the pipeline, but I read. I mean, I read something. I don't know who wrote it. I, I wish I remembered. Maybe it was Mandel or Staples. It was one of the athletic guys that made the point that, like, you know, Alabama's depth kind of started to take a hit when Kirby Smart left, because now you had this coach at Georgia who's recruiting the same type of guys, and he's going to get some. And and now you know, and even though it's, and I'm enjoying it too. It's fun to laugh at Jimbo Fisher's struggles, but Jimbo Fisher's getting some of those guys too at A and M. Hey, and it's like, money you know, <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. And Tennessee's going to start getting, I mean, you know, like they, they got a lot of money. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, you do wonder, like, are we seeing, I mean, it's, it's foolhardy in recent history to say this is the end of the Alabama dynasty. We've said it, you know, probably five times and it hasn't been true. When they lost to Ole Miss a couple times, when they got blown out by Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, when, you know, when they lost to Ohio State in the playoff. Oh, that's the end. Saban's losing it. And then he finds a way to get back on top. So I'm not saying it. I'm just saying, like, eventually it's going to come to an end. And it kind of feels like it might be coming to an end. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's, you know, at some point, betting against them will be the right call. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, if you're predicting that sometime Alabama's going to slip, yeah, they will. They absolutely will. Uh, will it happen with Saban or after Saban leaves? I, I guess I don't know. Um, it's probably more likely to happen with Saban because it doesn't appear he's leaving anytime soon. And, you know, just like, I don't know. this. It, I really had unbelievable expectations for this team this year. I, You know, we you remember in the preseason, I said I thought Alabama was far away the best team in the country. I thought they'd go undefeated. I thought they'd win the championship. One of those things is already impossible. They could still win the national title. But even if they do, they're not they're not the freight train I expected. I really expected this year it was going to be like, watch out, man. They are going to just take it out on everybody. That has not been the case at all. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of this season plays out for them and, and the rest of the SEC. I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah. There's, there's legitimate intrigue. I mean, we could very well end up with Alabama-Georgia again. Wouldn't be shocking. But Tennessee is gonna be a tough matchup for georgia because if georgia has a weakness and they do i mean they're not they're not invincible their biggest weakness is probably pass defense mm-hmm. that's a bad weakness to have against tennessee yeah. so yeah that's i mean if it was at tennessee 
I'd be even more like, whoa, I think they're going to lose that game. But I think I think Tennessee could win that game too, even at Georgia. Mm-hmm. Because that offense of theirs is just so good. And, and the pace they keep up, and I just, I don't know. It, you know, be interesting to see. It'd be a heck of a matchup, but feels a little bit, I, I know I made this comparison already, feels a little bit like when LSU had to go to Alabama that year. It was like, well, just wait. They'll get their comeuppance when they go to Alabama. And they went in there and, and beat them. And, and it was, that was the moment that everybody realized, like, whoa, this team might be unbelievable. That game kind of sets up for the same type of deal. Yeah, for sure. Um, look, I, I think at this point, we're, we're basically going to have to turn our attention to ASU basketball. For positive, when it comes to yeah, <laughs> and that and may I'm, be, and I'm not that may be get those somewhat tough. Uh, but I did want to mention, and this this was the last thing I had. I did want yeah. to mention the preseason All Pac-12 list came out. Uh, two guys made the second team. Uh, granted, that used to be what the third team was, but uh, <laughs> right, you know, you got DJ Horn and you got Bagley. Okay, Bagley, right? What's that? Interesting, right? To have those. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Bagley is. uh, I mean, the 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 swing of the season might be Marcus Bagley. Like you know, if he if he can stay healthy and be the player that he looked like in November, December of 2020, you know, this team could be interesting. But boy, that just seems so unlikely, doesn't it? I mean, it's hard to put too much, you know, hope in that. Yeah, it uh, it sure does. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but it it sort of it sort of feels like you know Zion Williamson now, where it's like, well, yeah, we know he's really good when he plays, but man, you gotta you gotta actually see him out there and and consistently, not just for a few games. Yeah, um, I'm excited about the team, and and we're gonna have to do a little deeper dive preview, but uh, yes, we do. Yeah, gosh, uh, what season starts in. Uh, what, less than two weeks? Right about two weeks? So next week. That's what yeah. book it. Next week we're talking I guess we need to, yes, yes. It's sneaking up on me, I think, with all my traveling for football and just kind of week after week after week. Yeah, college basketball is right around the corner. So I need to I need to do some research myself to prepare for that. Uh, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast. <laughs>